0: Uh, so, hello everybody in the world of Facebook and all my Resident Evil friends out there, and welcome to another brand new, li- it was going to be a live stream but it wasn't working, but it is another brand new episode of the Save Room Podcast with myself, Jason O'Donnell. Hope everybody out there is keeping well, and right as of now, I am joined by Andrew Joseph. Dude, thank you so much for joining me. And right now we have got Charlie Kraslowski, who everyone knows as the legendary Chris Redfield from the 1996 Resident Evil game. Charlie, thank you so much.
1: It's an absolute pleasure.
0: Same on this end, and it's, an a- and it's also an honor. So I'm going to start with a loaded question. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, uh,
1: you know, uh, it's been a really busy week at work. Uh, and uh, uh, my boss, uh, went away, of course, you know, just left me to, to run the store and sold a bunch of cars and uh, dealt with a lot of really tough customers. And this is my Friday, so kind of excited. Uh-huh. I, I, I just work a half day today, off tomorrow, uh, and uh, lots of exciting things like going to uh, Home Depot. If you know what Home Depot is? Uh, it's yeah. like a, a huge
0: uh, uh, hardware
1: store, basically. We, uh,
0: we we are no strangers to them over here, but like we, we basically okay. just call them hardware shops over here.
1: Yeah. So uh, just uh, just bought a house, uh, so I've got all kinds of uh, projects uh, that need attending. First is uh, to get curtains. Right now, everyone can just see right into my house.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, after I take a shower, I have to put my shorts back on before I leave the bathroom. Uh, it's, uh,
0: I, cannot, I can only imagine,
1: to be quite yeah. honest with you. But I'm just, uh, I'm just like, uh, still kind of in disbelief. I never thought I'd be able to buy a house. You know, this is, like, one of the most expensive places in the country to buy a house.
0: Yeah. And the
1: cost of living is
0: just ridiculous here. Oh, uh, it's... It's getting really bad over here as well in terms of yeah. the cost of living. Yeah.
1: And I um, you know, couldn't have done it without my, my family helped me out. So I'm uh, just, you know, forever indebted to them. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, the the place will be in shape enough to uh, welcome Andrew uh, in the near future. I'm going to have um. him come out so we can. Uh, do, you know, do some uh, photo shoots and, and uh, plan and, uh, and there's actually another trip sort of in the works. I don't know. Was I supposed to say that?
2: Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine. We're pu- we're going to try and plan on going over to Germany to meet with uh, Krishamir and Andy, the guys I'm working with for the, the full short film. Nice. Uh, so we're going to try and do a crowdfunding video while we'll, we're over there. As well as taking that's the sights sweet.
0: yeah when I seen the trailer for uh, Keeper's Diary a biohazard story like just to look at the backgrounds and the way you have the story told which is very well within the range of the game do You know, it's told to a T but it gives it also gives us insight yeah into you know like how it all happened with the keeper and how he got infected and all that so that's gonna be amazing to see and a lot of resident evil fans are going to appreciate that i hope so <laughs> oh, trust me they will anything I like i'm an, i'm a firm believer that fans that can do independent projects and be able to tell the story correctly and never disregard the game's lore
2: yeah
0: they're the guys that are worth being able to watch out for these projects for because hollywood has done a complete and utter botch job especially with the tv show <laughs>
1: I think you're preaching to the choir with Andrew on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I—he's uh, very I, diplomatic. Yeah, that, but, uh, i uh, have a very strong opinion about it. Yeah, I—I
2: I don't want to rip on. Yeah, you know, I don't want to rip on any anybody who likes the movies. I mean, we obviously want them to to also watch this. Um, but yeah, I uh, the the movies, the TV show, I. I, I haven't watched it, I'm not going to watch it, but it's just not for me, um, and okay. it's, this is something I've been passionate about my whole life, and I was just talking with Charlie yesterday, there's just so many complex layers to everything about the storyline involved, at least with Zero through Four, and there's just so much to work with, like a novel. I mean, not only with the diaries and the text and the things that you don't really see in the game that are mentioned, but, like, you have all this backstory between Spencer and Marcus and Birkin and and Wesker, and there's just so many layers that you could peel back that have never even been touched, so.
0: Yeah. And, like, as I said, all the fans are going to appreciate that a whole lot more, too. Yeah. And... For myself, but as I said, going back to that trailer, I was like, "This is absolutely amazing." And then I seen a photo of Charlie in gear, and it was, it was like, "Guess what?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I seen the BSAA patch on his head and I was like, "Oh
2: shit!" Yeah.
0: He's coming back It's Chris. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But it's like, a very short, short film, but yeah, <laughs> it will be cool. Oh, it's gonna be awesome, though. Yeah. Because, like, you know, my question for Charlie is like, how does it feel being able to? go back and reprise that role 26 years after the fact
1: so um just to give you a little background uh i didn't even know i was chris redfield i mean i knew that character name i had played that character uh i didn't even know that that was part of resident evil until 2018 because when really
0: yeah
1: when we when we filmed it it just had a, a working title called biohazard
0: and, oh yes it was it, yeah the japanese version will be called biohazard and just
1: called biohazard so all these years you know i thought the game was just called biohazard and then uh someone i know comes up to me with their cell phone and shows me a youtube video of the cutscenes, and they're like is this you and i am like oh yeah i remember that yeah i did that like years ago and and then they're they're like do you know like this is a, kind of a big deal, and I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> you know. And, and then uh, since then, uh, you know, I, I uh, um, have been contacted by fans, and, and and it was surreal to me. To it's like all of a sudden I have fans. I'm like, what? <laughs> and uh, in those early, years, like the round when that kind of was happening. I I wasn't that uh, communicative. You know on social media with people and it was just kind of a i'm a private person usually and uh uh but it was just really cool and then um there were interviews there was a book so you know an author contacted me wrote a book uh philip um shoot i forgot his last name sorry philip um, and it was very flattering uh and uh you know all along uh, the last few years, I was just kind of hoping someone would contact me, you know, to to do some kind of a film project as Chris Redfield. And then, lo and behold, uh, you know, Andrew sent me uh, the um, it's like a
2: a storyboard
1: video storyboard. Uh, and I was just so impressed, uh, you know, and immediately I was on board and. Uh, Uh, it didn't take that long for us to set it all up. Um, I ended up driving there from, from, uh, uh, the Bay area. Uh, and I went the long way. I, I, um, I drove a Prius from here all the way to Cedar city, Utah, where Andrew is. And I went through all the Nevada mountains and it was, I, I pretty much just stopped for, for gas and going to the bathroom and took like 16 hours. Um, but I was so excited, you know, just the whole time just driving there, just imagining how it was going to be and and then just driving through all this rugged scenery. And frankly, I was exhausted when I got there, (laughs) uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, just went straight to the motel and checked in and called Andrew. and, And then the funny thing was, I'm like, where can I get some, you know, some groceries? And uh, he told me where the local uh, supermarket was, and I think we walked by each other in the supermarket before we actually met because <laughs> he was going there for something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and you know, we did some some prep stuff with the set. I think that night, and uh, I didn't. It was so hard to even just go to sleep. I just wanted to keep going. <laughs> you know, like the adrenaline was was just kicked in, and. and uh, And then seeing Greg and Eric again after all those years was just, you know, uh, surreal. I mean, they, you know, Mm. to me, they looked the same. I mean, obviously we've aged, you know, but it was just like we didn't skip a beat and we were just joking around and horsing around. And it was like we hadn't, you know, it hadn't been 25 years. And, and,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Eric couldn't stay a whole, he, he was busy with work. He couldn't stay that long. Um, but I hung out with Greg a lot. Um, and oh my god uh, you know just had so much fun and I'm so excited and you know I hope that uh, you know not only uh, uh, the, uh, the Keeper's Diary Biohazard Story uh, and this other project you know I hope we can just keep going you know like yeah I, I, I would love to, to just uh, to be able to just keep keep you know pushing out content if people are wanting to see it
0: I'm in yeah that, that would be and that would be awesome because I I grew up with the Resident Evil franchise like as a 13 year old kid I got to play the first game so I was at that age was like oh it's an over 18's game you can't go near it I was <laughs> right. playing it late at night <laughs> but yeah. I think my re- I think my love for the franchise came when Resident Evil 2 was released and the date for that was the 21st of January of '98 and that day was actually my 10th birthday so i was mm. like oh this is brief. i'm gonna try i'm gonna try this out and lo and behold i came to be a very big fan of one of the franchises that kind of like helped me through my childhood and kind of like got me through some of the worst areas especially in the times i didn't want to leave the house uh-huh. because i think like it's been a very crucial thing for me to be able to cope with my mental health to play video games and i always go back to resident evil yeah, it's it's always been like the go-to game, and I, and I suppose for any fan it is. Yeah, and you know, and to be able to speak to Andrew, and be able to speak to the Chris Redfield himself is actually just an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, of the other Chris Redfields, are there any that are appealing to you?
0: Well. Uh, Jeff Shine does a really good job as Chris Redfield in Village, but he also done the voice of Carlos in the Resident Evil Three remake. Uh, but mm-hmm. honestly, um, I don't think like they're all good. But like the only one that holds rank to me is you. All
2: right,
1: well, probably couldn't have said anything else right now. But that's
0: <laughs> but, well received, thank you. Yeah, and no problem at all because like you, honestly, between yourself. Greg, Eric um, Inez you actually helped to shape an entire franchise and build a whole fan base that people have learned to love and appreciate over time and you have you've literally set the bar for other survival horror video games
2: this is true this is very true
0: all of it And so I can't express enough how much I appreciate you guys for that so uh, what if uh, uh, what if you could be in our project? If I could be in your project, ooh, I'd have to do a lot of travelling. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> but look, once I get my passport, it won't be a big deal to travel because you know, I'm I've never left the country of Ireland before, and I've only oh, just sent away right. my I've only that, ever dude. sent away for my first passport just recently,
1: right. So my, if yeah, was, my passport's expired. Actually, we would have probably been in Germany like next week or so if my passport wasn't expired. Ah,
2: uh, yeah, man, passport. come on, man. Back on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be involved in two voice acting projects. Okay. For Resident Evil, yes. uh, done through a guy called Xander Weber, and I, part, I think he's part of the Residents of Evil channel. Which is, a, which is an extraordinary channel on YouTube. Yeah. And he basically just said, look, um, we're going to be reworking. Well, I think he said reworking. I'll read the message again. But he wanted to have me as an umbrella researcher for the Romero script that never actually came to be
2: oh, in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then he's doing another project called Tales of the Dead, which would be very linked to Resident Evil. And it's all like moments with, Not even within the games, but, like, say, before the games. Yeah. And apparently he would like me to be a cop in the RPD. I was like, I'm down for that. It's Resident Evil, so I'm not going to complain.
2: Yeah. kind of similar to Arklay, how it was, like, about the murders in the outskirts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's very cool.
0: So, really can't wait for that. And... Joe, I'd love to know well, not even that I'd love to know, like, maybe if even if Inez saw it, she'd probably be proud herself. Yeah. I heard I heard that.
1: I I think there's, uh, you know, been some attempts to contact her and links, you know, to the trailer have been sent to uh, uh, what we uh, uh, are kind of hoping is an email address that that is correct, but we're not sure, and then... uh, Uh, Someone that we know also sent the link to her agent. So we're pretty sure that she's aware of it. But, uh, yeah, so far she hasn't reached out.
0: Yeah. Uh, 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 She's actually pretty much the biggest mystery in Resident Evil in that world because Mm -hmm. we only know her first name, nobody knows her last name and how to get in contact with her or anything like that. Yeah. And a a lot of fans are dying to know.
2: Yeah. Hopefully she responds to, to what we sent her. We'll see.
0: Fingers yeah. crossed.
2: <laughs> Fingers yeah. crossed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think nobody knows who Jason is either. So that's yeah. kind of a another dead end. But uh, and then I
0: think uh,
1: um, Linda. Uh,
2: oh, Joseph. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I read on a fandom area that his last name is Wool. I saw that on like-
1: IMDb as well. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if if, if that was accurate or not because I don't remember. You know, I yeah. I only read once. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and then I think I think we we might have had a line on Linda too, right, Andrew? Like
2: I, I think Linda responded. Uh, we just haven't heard any, like, confirmation yet. I, I know, I think Fred has been in communication with her, so.
0: Um, is there any word back from Greg, no, to join?
2: I haven't seen him. He might have just fallen asleep. <laughs> what did you say? It was, like, 1 a.m. over there?
0: Yeah, well, to be fair, I did say, I did let him know that if it was too much that he didn't have to because yeah. I don't, I didn't want to be asking too much of him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like
0: I would have been unfair to him because he did agree to it after all. But when I realized the times, I was just like, "Yeah, that's really unfair to him. I can't."
2: Yeah, the time the time zone thing is hard.
0: Yeah, Yeah. but I'll I'll keep an eye on it. Huh? The day after we
1: finished shooting, uh, I was uh in a in a a motel six. And uh, across the street, Greg was staying in, uh, oh, I forget which.
2: Uh, uh, the the Ramada?
1: The Ramada. Um, and uh, it was really hot. It's like, mm. I don't know, like almost 100 degrees. And uh, he had a swimming pool over there. So I I called him up and I woke him up. <laughs> it's like middle of the day. <laughs> I called his room, actually he didn't answer, then I went to the front <laughs> desk and I asked him to call his room and then he finally answered. And then he, like, he came out all sleepy, you know, and, uh, but he let me uh, go to the pool with him. And then uh, a really cool thing happened. So the manager of the hotel, uh, we were just talking to her, and her son was like a diehard fan, you know, uh and uh we arranged uh to to have him meet us like at the end of the day when he finished work he came to the hotel and we sat down with him and and uh he had some memorabilia and we signed it and just had a really nice talk with him and uh so he's the first guy i've given an autograph to
2: you need Yikes. to we need to get you uh booked for like Comic Con and stuff like that, man. Yeah, no,
1: that'd be fun.
2: You need to like call them and say like hey I want a booth.
1: I think we just missed it already, right? They they already had it this year. Yeah, I think so.
0: I don't really And there was a Comic Con here in in Dublin. Uh, now unfortunately I didn't get to go to it, but I know a lot of friend I know a lot of friend of friends of mine that did and I didn't see anything Resident Evil related on their pages, but hopefully someone in my friends group caught it and was able to show. But all I I can do is kind of hope because I'm literally like the little (laughs) fanboy when it comes to all of that. And oh, by the way, couldn't have a podcast without it. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, you actually bought this in 2017 and this was like a week before Resident Evil 7 came out okay and I was like yeah I gotta have that yeah <laughs> so but, um Joe how did it how did it actually feel being able to meet up again and be able to play out all these roles uh, but and also on top of that was that the first time you'd met after so long or had you been in contact prior to all of this
1: so uh my uh my acting career in tokyo uh ended not that long after resident you know after biohazard resident evil uh Mm. shot that um eric was somebody that i saw fairly often at auditions so i'm pretty sure i probably saw him a couple of more times after that i think Mm. greg maybe just you know, one other time after we shot it, and then you know, like 25 years, um, and uh, somehow we became friends on on Facebook. I think uh, after fans started reaching out to all of us, and we kind of we reconnected on Facebook a little bit, uh, you know, but but didn't talk very much. Um, but then, yeah, actually seeing them in person. Uh, like I was saying before, it felt like not a day had passed. It was just like we were just back to our old, you know, just joking around and, you know, making bad jokes and, and uh, especially Greg. I mean, you know, it seems like a lot of Australian people are that way, just really gregarious, you know, and <laughs> have great stories and, and very colorful, and, you know, so Greg always just lights up the room. But, yeah easy to be around greg you can just kind of like just sit back and just react (laughs) yeah (laughs) eric is uh eric is a little more kind of uh sarcastic you know uh just a sharp wit and very sarcastic and uh um definitely like very much his own man like he's like one of these people who you know you can't tell him what to do or anything, you know, so he's very much, I think, a a good fit for Wesker.
0: Yeah. That, that, yeah, that actually fits the description well. Yeah. Um, I had heard, because I watched this guy on YouTube called uh, Justin Wang, Uh pretty pretty good YouTuber, and he's part of a rock band called Jinx, but I actually didn't realize he was their guitar player until after the fact of the channel, I suppose. But he'd been talking about Eric and Eric's love for cycling.
2: Yeah. He was going to do it while he he was out here.
1: Huh? (laughs) He brought his bicycle with him. Yeah. To Utah.
2: Yeah, he was going to do, like, the guacamole trail out here in Laverkin, or, I don't know, one of those trails out in Laverkin, kind of outside of Zion. But I think we had just kept him up for too long and he just didn't have a whole lot of sleep so he ended up just heading back um, yeah but yeah he was he brought his bike out here and everything and he was going to go go cycle like we kind of just beat the crap out of him <laughs> god bless him but i feel bad cuz i want i wanted to go with him on a ride but i, I guess he's a super yeah,
1: to try too i mean that that looks really dangerous like mountain biking yeah. I've never really done it. Um, but it looks looks fun, it looks like an adrenaline rush. Like I used to really love, you know, uh, riding motorcycles. Yeah. And I have, you know, that that kind of a, you know, adrenaline junkie sort of thing when it comes yeah. to like cars or motorcycles. I can't drive fast anymore because they're just all over you here where I live, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And can't go much faster than about eighty miles an hour without getting any speeding tickets here. So.
2: Yeah. I guess um, Eric is like a borderline professional cyclist, if you will. Um, but those yeah. those trails that I was talking about out here, um, they're pretty advanced, and you know I'm sure he had would have had no trouble. But like I've been on a couple of them, and I'll sometimes I'll flip over my handlebars kind of thing. But but yeah, he's he's a pretty technical rider
0: yeah that's it's actually pretty cool to do like but like I, I haven't cycled in a while and I should really get myself a bike keep myself fit again yeah <laughs> of course um what, what else is there there oh um coming back to this again Andrew um Joe do you feel like do you yourself do you feel like it, it is very important for fans to get like independent movies done so like the story can be told properly because on the basis of like what Hollywood has done, you know, I feel as I said before, it is a botched job so do you find it important for fans to make independent movies and keep it well within the game stories?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I just think there's so much to be told that that has never really been brought to light so the more yeah. content people can make The better especially if it gets you know more views or more recognition um but yeah like I said there's just so many complex layers it's it's really arguably more than a novel I would say um like you know how people adapt novels into a screenplay and make it into a movie but
0: yeah I say arguably but yeah I know that the games themselves have been adapted into novels, also by S. D. Perry. Yeah. I had the first. I had the first three, which was the Umbrella Conspiracy, Catavan Cove, and City of the Dead. Yeah. I had Underworld as well. I think I have. Do I have
2: I those? I don't know if I have those on my bookshelf. I'll tell you. Hold on. I'll, something cool that you might want to see. Hold on. Sweet.
0: This is going to be awesome.
2: <laughs> so I don't have the books. They're packed in a box somewhere, the S.D. Perry books, but I do have that.
0: Oh, wow. The true story behind... Okay. That yeah. be That is amazing. Well, it's all in... Uh, and the fact that they have the, the, um, the eagle medallion above it is fantastic.
2: It's all in... Uh, Japanese. I do have the English transcription huh. on, you know, on my computer somewhere, but.
1: Is that supposed to be Chris? Yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah, it's it's basically a bunch of backstory behind the first game, uh, like what happened to George Trevor, what you guys were up to in RPD, and then I think there's stuff about like the behind the scenes with the game. Um, it's been a while since I've read the transcript. But uh, yeah, like here's a picture of you, well, your character, on the phone and driving his car.
1: Ooh, what is that? It looks like a little roadster.
2: Something, like a Shelby Cobra almost. <laughs> That's what it looks oh, yeah, like. Oh
1: yeah, got the exhaust on the side. Um, I think I remember this. Can, uh, can we afford that in the budget? Do you think? What? <laughs> 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 and then, can I keep it after we finish filming?
2: Yeah. Well, you work at a at a car dealer, so maybe you're the one that can hook that whole deal up.
1: Right. We don't have anything that cool here. Yeah. But,
2: uh, um.
1: Maybe a Prius.
2: But yeah. Um, yeah. This book. Oh, I might
1: be selling that car today.
2: <laughs> oh, God. The, nice. The
1: white Prius. The oh boy I, to I might be selling that car today to this young kid
2: <laughs> nice I, I wanted to mention nice to i wanted to mention something but maybe it's not a good idea to mention Spirit. it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: with the car
2: could always make a, a, as, a joke from like the other guys going
0: back to as i was as i was going back to um the movies featuring Mila Jovovich, I'll admit, the first movie out of that franchise is a small bit of a guilty pleasure. I'll admit that. Yeah. Um. Everything else after that was just kind of, okay, it's just slowly going downhill, and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Welcome to Raccoon City was actually pretty decent, in my own opinion, because mm. it was a blending of the first two games. The story, fair enough, wasn't told beat for beat, but I think initially that movie served as a love letter to fans because there was nods there was references though so you had like the painting next to the clock in the first game in it you had like the references to the red bleeding red green and blue orbs
2: a bunch of the original oh, yes. artwork
0: yeah yeah we need to recreate that yeah
2: anyways this book has all kinds That's... of stuff like that sorry
0: You're (laughs) okay. It's always always good to show off some memorabilia. Look, prime example of that. (laughs) Yeah, but but yeah, like the Welcome to Raccoon City, as I said, was a decent movie. Um, It did blend the first two games to have them all happen in the one thing. Like the cast wasn't bad. Like I like the fact that they cast Robbie as Chris.
2: Yeah, he's okay.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. A lot of people had questions about Avon Jogia being cast as Leon, and yeah. the intervention they took with Wesker was just kind of like, I thought he was like like an R&D researcher for umbrella, like posing as a STARS captain. Now he just seems to be a corporate spy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And I asked myself one question. I did ask myself this question, and it's been the big question in the games anyway. It's just like, "Where's Barry?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't saw that movie was in one ear out the other for me. Was he even in the movie? Yeah, I don't remember. Was it a what? Barry, if he was in Welcome to Raccoon City, I can't remember.
0: No, he wasn't, unfortunately. Yeah, a that's lot what of people I thought. Were. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people were calling for it to happen and it was like, okay, but like, if you're gonna cast anyone as Barry, please, please get David Harbour. <laughs> or that's, else just call back Greg. That's
2: what everyone keeps saying is David Harbour.
0: Well, like as I said, in my own opinion the movie was actually pretty good. I'm not gonna put it like on a top shelf of greatness because, like, look, it has it has its issues. It does, and I'm not gonna deny it that. I'm not gonna deny that. Yeah. But then you get to the TV series, and it's just like, this is going to be bad, but I'm going to watch it anyway. And then I was like, <laughs> it picked up at the end of episode four, and I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then, like that, dropped the ball. And I was like, I sat through eight hours of crap.
1: <laughs> so I listened, your, uh, I listened to your podcast where you talked about it, the, the series. Yeah. And- and then I watched it and it was like really helpful that I had listened to uh, to uh, your podcast first because uh, you know I already kind of uh, knew what I was getting into yeah uh, I uh, uh, yeah just did not uh, did not like the you know the the Wester's daughters I didn't like those characters I thought the acting was good you know Yeah. yeah All around that acting was good, but I just didn't, I didn't. It was just. It just seemed like it was all centered around these two young girls, and they just weren't that interesting, you know. And then, yeah, I don't even want to
0: talk about Wesker in that. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest, though. Lance Reddick is a fantastic actor, and he's a far actor. better in yeah. that show
1: did, ever to yeah. do. It. Yeah, a great job. But I mean,
0: yeah,
1: they just massacred
0: character Yeah they really did a friend of mine a friend of mine and a guy on YouTube called Critical Drinker just said like it's like looking at Blade if you bought him on Wish <laughs> <laughs> that was just like oh my god <laughs> I
2: don't
1: know He's he's not a family man. He's not a nice guy. You know, he never yeah was,
0: you know, and, and he's this egotistically narcissistic, really, really bad guy. Yeah. And they they watered him down to be this to, to to be this father type character and he never was. Now he did have a son in the games called Jake Mueller, but like never around for that. <laughs> and so I think the fact that he had the daughters was like, oh, I need something to slow down my aging process, kids. That was it. Right. Yeah.
1: So I but, guess, uh, you know, there is. Yeah, he, he he is just doing it for himself. Yeah. But but the way, that, yeah, I don't know, just the way
0: it was written, it didn't, it just didn't work. It oh, it really did not. Like, I think they only just, like, threw in segments from the games to make it seem canon. And it's like, okay, but where's the part about Chris punching the boulder? You don't hear that?
2: Yeah. So,
0: up until, I was saying to myself, up until I heard, up until I hear that, I am counting nothing as canon. And I, I didn't hear it, and I never did. <laughs> counted <it> as canon. <laughs> if I wanted anything canon, I was going to go back to the games and play them. And even the CGI movies. And the CGI TV show, actually, which is really good. Yeah. Um, Infinite Darkness.
2: Yeah, all, all, all the mean, CGI movies, record. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They were actually pretty decent. I'll, I'll admit that.
2: Yeah, um, all, all the CGI movies I think were, were pretty good, like Damnation and all them.
0: Yeah, I loved um, uh, Degeneration, which, which would have been the first one. Yeah,
2: yeah, that one was great.
0: I actually loved that, and I think it was Paul Mercier at the time. Yep. And know, Matt Mercer played in for six and Damnation as well, and Infinite Darkness, which was the latest one, was Nico Pastalides and Stephanie Pintanello. I I loved their. I mentioned this in the podcast as well. I loved their take on the characters because they brought a more realistic feel to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: and it was like it was just like the remake. You you got a very realistic feel from those characters, and these were characters that. I knew and grew up, grew up with, and grew up watching my brothers play. I didn't really get to play Resident Evil 2 until like I was 12, even despite the fact the game came out when I was 10.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And don't you know, even to be able to look back and just say like, okay, these games shaped my life, and here I am talking to people. That is one directing two different movies. And I'm here talking to a guy that gets to reprise his role after so many years, and you know it's it's an honor and a privilege to have you guys here. Well, thank you <laughs> to speak to speak to you about this because I didn't even think that that last episode I recorded was actually going to get that kind of a reach. I just heard that I got a message from Andrew. I was like, who's Andrew? And I look and I'm <laughs> reading to the message. I was like, I, is that char? That's Charlie's name. Oh, what? Why He sent in the episode? And I was just like, oh, I gotta do something. I really gotta do something. So when you said it about being what wanted to be involved, I was like, okay, this has to be a live stream. People are really gonna appreciate this. Yeah. And I just really, I was like, yeah. Even at that, I went back, downloaded the director's cut to the original Resident Evil game. Yeah. And I was like, they just really need to release the original Resident Evil 2 now. Um, so and I just get to hear Paul haddad's voice as Leon again but unfortunately yeah for for Paul god bless him yeah he passed
2: away a passed couple of years ago now right
0: yep uh April of 2020 yeah and that was that was a big blow to myself I was like oh dude I grew up with this game and now I gotta I gotta hear this and this was the week before for the last game he done
2: which oh. would have been
0: daymare 1998 okay which was basically gonna and if you've heard of, if you've heard of daymare no i i've heard of it yeah right. basically what it was um it was going to be like a fan remake to resident evil 2 but when capcom got word of it there was a cease and desist but they flew that team out to them in osaka show them that they were making Resident Evil 7 and they were making Resident Evil 2 themselves. So they went back, scrapped the whole idea, and built a new story from scratch involving three characters. Oh, I see. And it was... Even after the game came out, it was just a really nice thing to hear Paul's voice one last time.
2: I'll have to play it. I I mean, I've heard of it. I've just never played it.
0: Hmm it's a very good independent project and they've got a new one coming out soon called um, Damir 1994 Sandcastle with no specific release date just yet yeah so I'm wait I'm actually just looking for um, confirmation from their studio for when the date actually is mm. so yeah it's just I'm just trying to contain the excitement because I'm here talking to you guys I'm really <laughs> <sorry>.
2: <laughs> no worries
0: But again, like Andrew, thank you for reaching out to me. That was like that was really awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No worries. Of
2: course. Anytime.
1: Um. Too bad Greg couldn't make it,
0: but uh, I'm sure we can do this again sometime.
2: Yeah. That's okay.
0: Oh, definitely. We will definitely have to do this again with Greg and possibly Eric involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because Uh, I actually because. Yeah. Because I remember saying it to Greg about the times in the comment section in my in my own page, and he goes, okay, I'll try to be awake, and I, was, I basically just said, look, if this is too much, you don't have to, <laughs> because I wouldn't really put him in an unfair situation.
2: Yeah, that's okay. He's a pretty easygoing guy, so I'm sure he's all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we, next time we can let him tell us what time, and, uh, and if we have to be up uh, in the wee hours, uh, we'll do it. Yeah. Well I think I'm his pretty much a night out, I don't think
2: so his mornings for us, Charlie, would be like our afternoon.
0: Oh, that's not bad. Yeah.
2: I don't know what that would be for you,
0: Jason. But I can always check anyway, and if it's not that bad, yeah. like I can always do a, another live stream anyway, and like if it is beyond an afternoon, I still won't care because I'm pretty much a night out.
2: Yeah. Days I'm, out I just won't I'm the same way.
0: I guess uh, it's only fair to talk about uh, Gracie.
1: We haven't really mentioned Gracie.
2: Yeah.
1: Gracie. Is young, uh, who uh, uh, stepped in for us to play Jill, the Keeper's Diary. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I think she's also, you know, very understanding, you know, like if, if Inez shows up, Inez is Jill, you know, but. Uh, she really stepped in and, and you know, really uh, uh, did a great job uh, and uh, loved the young lady. Uh, just an absolute pleasure to be around. Yeah. And as Andrew says, she has the most perf- perfect teeth you'll ever see.
2: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's like you
1: just can't stop looking at her teeth. They're, like, uh, absolutely straight and, and like, white.
2: They really are. So the funny story about that, I, I met her. She's a... A friend of my old roommates and he had her over with some other friends and I probably just got home from work or something and I was sitting there talking to all his friends and she was talking that's how I met her is through my old roommate and then she was talking and then I'm like like staring at her like like this you know (laughs) she's like she's like mid mid mid-sentence of whatever she was saying she's like what (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, it's just you have the most perfect
0: teeth I've ever seen, and she was just like, Oh my I god, should... thank you. You got that gel look down to a T as well, huh? I'm sorry, what? She's got that gel look down to a T, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she even in the outfit alone, she looks perfect,
2: yeah, yeah. I
1: was, uh, so actually, she's a blonde, she has like very long blonde hair,
0: yeah,
1: and I then... think. I think I seen a
0: uh, snippet of it towards the end of the trailer when JJ was talking about it. And I was like, "Oh, so this is what Angel she and I was like, she looks awesome. This is like." Yeah. And then wasn't it like uh, her
1: mom or her grandmother's wig or something that we used?
2: No. So my brother's fiance uh, used to be a hairstylist, so she ordered a wig online. And then we took measurements of Gracie's head and sent her the measurements. And then she just kind of guesstimated on where to cut the wig. And then it was close, but not quite close enough. So she ended up taking the wig to her aunt here in town where I live. And then she kind of trimmed it up and fixed it and made it look better. Mm.
1: So, yeah. But, yeah, once she had the wig and the beret and, you know, I mean, she was just it was like uh, almost uh, 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 just spooky how how good she looked I thought
2: yeah just about the only thing I didn't have was the uh, the shoulder pads so I just used Mm -hmm. like a a shoulder holster instead painted the the straps blue
1: and she's she's quite petite which I think plays well you know next to uh, well we didn't film anything with her and Chris but uh come the day. I think it's a good balance. Like I think Jill should be quite petite compared to Chris. And uh but you know, still just really packs a punch kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've always viewed Jill as more of like uh uh Sarah Connor or uh, mm-hmm. uh Ripley kind of character.
1: Oh right. From Alien. Yeah.
2: More of a mm-hmm. a badass
1: badass
2: hardened battle veteran type person
0: oh definitely and like when you when I was playing through the Resident Evil 3 the remake and I didn't even get my hands on the original yet waiting for it to be released um I do see why you think uh, Sarah Connor and Ripley because there's so many references to both the Terminator movies and the Alien movies. Yeah. And I think one of the actors from the Alien movies... I think it was the second movie. he done the voice of Nathaniel Bard in the remake. Nathan- I can never remember his name. Nathan- it always escapes me, but...
2: Nathaniel? Who's that?
0: He... I think he was just a scientist that they added solely for the remake because you don't hear him in the original game
2: I don't remember I'll have to look that one up
0: yeah was <laughs> doctor Nathaniel Brad. I think he was in charge of like the antivirus segment
2: are you talking about the ga- The GameCube TV remake
0: TV. no the um like the new remake the one that came out for the PS4 there at the time
2: the remake of 2? Uh, 3 oh three. okay It was okay. It was okay. I didn't really care for it. Yeah. They cut out. In my opinion, but they they cut out an entire portion of the game, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's one issue I've had with it as well. I was like, okay. What about the clock tower? Why can't I get in here? (laughs) Why is Carlos going into the station instead of (laughs) Jill? Yeah. Why is he putting holes in (laughs) yeah Yeah. Well,
2: obviously, expected. I mean, it's fun to play. But it's just, I. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways. It just didn't turn out too.
2: Like, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: Yeah. But. But. Yeah. That's pretty much the deal with that game. But look, it's still part of the franchise we all know and love, so I couldn't really give it too much flack. Yeah. So.
1: No, oh, I hear you. When uh, when I was growing up, uh, the thing to do was to go to the arcade to play games. Are you guys uh, uh, old enough to have that memory where you would go to a video game arcade or was it yeah. always just uh, playing at home? House of the Dead, we,
2: Time Crisis. Used to
0: pass, play the arcade. Time Crisis was awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah. What a game. Yeah and
0: we actually still somewhat have some means of an arcade next to like like a fast food restaurant Mm -hmm. so like it's actually like once you go in to this arcade the entrance to the fast food restaurant is just like to your left okay you you can just step in and cut right through it's a really cool place they've got a bowling alley there to do so they're all kind of like the one thing
1: that sounds fun yeah you don't see video game arcades much anymore here no uh, sometimes they have video games in places like bowling alleys mm. and yeah i
2: think dave and busters
1: quite often like miniature golf places or, yeah you know places like that might have some video games like air hockey that was always a fun one
0: yeah <sighs> yeah i think they still have that here but in terms of the arcades themselves i think there's like they're like a dying breed of entertainment for people because like you rarely see them anymore and whatever's there which is really good is kind of hanging on for dear life right (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's just like when everyone sees that this last arcade in Ireland closes down I think there's gonna be a lot of upset and hopefully not a riot (laughs) at any point but yeah, I guess maybe the the, the thing
1: now is t- like, don't they have places where you can go play virtual reality games with your friends all in the same place and things like that? But it's yeah, it's kind I of it's, so. Kind of different, it's a different sort of animal now, and then all this like gaming is like a profession. They're like professional athletes, you know. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, really, it's really evolved. It's it's uh, it's interesting that you can you know make. Like a six-figure salary playing video games.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where do I find out? (laughs) Hours and
2: hours of practice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then the whole thing of like setting up a Twitch account, and just having having the money reel in while you're sitting there just playing through whatever. Yeah. But I'd be damn with that. Be really killed it because like you know. It's a source of entertainment, and they always say if you do something you love, you never have to work a day in your life, so people are just saying, okay. yeah, thank God for Twitch.
1: <laughs> Maybe we need to reach out to all these guys that are doing that on Twitch, and all the money they make, they'll funnel it into our project.
2: That would be great if I knew right. anybody so on Twitch.
1: Totally okay. And and they're getting money, and then they
0: just donate that to us. Yeah. We could, You could just reach out to everyone that does all like the Resident Evil streams. Yeah. There's like a, there's plenty of channels that do it.
2: I did reach out to what's, uh, what's his name, Bo- Box Soup. You ever heard of him? I know he's. Oh, a might have yeah. He's a big Resident Evil streamer, but I never heard back from him, unfortunately. Hopefully, I will someday. We'll see. But
0: well, I can probably give a call out on my end and see what happens.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah but I mean... yeah. The more money we can raise that the more impressive the sets will be and the things we can do and you know
2: yeah
1: it's just a passion project we're not trying to you know make a profit or anything but right it'd, it'd be really nice but I'd
0: say what you know, I'd say people when people really find out that it's Resident Evil it's just gonna say okay here well, hopefully hopefully that would be the case because as I said before it is one of the biggest biggest horror franchises in the world and like it's it's a very popular video game as well so even with the movies and the way that they're being told through yourselves now Joe, people people are just going to go for that because this is something that's kept well within the games, this is the universe of the games being told by someone who's just as passionate about this as I am and it's also being told by the original actors themselves which would be you, Greg Eric mm-hmm Possibly Inez, but there's also... What was that lady's name again? Linda. Linda. Linda, yeah. And the new Jill for Keeper's Dory, what's her name? Oh, Gracie. Uh, that's Grace. Gracie. Gracie. Yeah. Perfect. So it's... All the stories now are being told through all those perspectives, and people people are going to really go for that. I'm going to go for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like... Yeah, i need to start just, like, donating money. Because <laughs> this... even on... Even I'm happy to hear about this, yeah. and I'm at, I'm actually just happy to sit back and watch it because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's been a big thing for me. It was my older brother that got me into the games, and, like, I don't think he's, he's just like, okay, I've got you into these games, now you're never going to shut up about them. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, well, my you mom, what doing.
2: my mom actually got me into the, the games.
0: Really
2: well. What was that?
1: Sorry? I was saying it seems to cross cultures really well. Like, yeah, there's fans everywhere in the world. I don't know if a lot of games are like that, but this one, it definitely seems like it, it, you know,
0: it knows no boundaries. Like, fans all over the world, and it only draws, and it's only going to draw in more as time goes on.
2: Yeah. So,
0: So it's been absolutely amazing to be able to play those games and enjoy a very very important part of my life and it always has been Mm -hmm. and Joel as I said everyone's going to appreciate this and I appreciate you guys coming on to speak to me and for reaching out and just being able to share about the projects that you're both doing with all the other original actors and it's actually I'm going to be honest (laughs) when I got The message from andrew i kind of got it like a little teary because like after 21 (laughs) years this is happening i was like oh my god like i had this dream to talk to you guys as a 13 year old i'm 34 years old now and yeah it's as i said it is a head trip it's fantastic to know that people heard that someone out there heard me and someone wanted to talk to me about it and i'm just like this is this is awesome yeah couldn't be happier doing this and look, guys, thank you so much. Of course. really. Thank you so much. Yeah,
2: of course. It's no big deal. I just took an early lunch at work, so. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have day jobs still, unfortunately. But,
0: uh,
2: yeah. Trying to make that change, yes. but we'll see. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah. It's the whole, gotta got to learn before you can walk uh, in a day, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, I do believe we should kind of, all right. Let it go there. And guys, so, again, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. All right. And so I, I, I cannot wait for my friends to hear this. I cannot wait for anybody in in the world to hear this and even right. see it. So uh, before we go, I think there's just
1: one thing I have to do. Burke, go for it. No,
0: don't go.
2: Don't go! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Yeah. That was actually. I have that whole card pain in my head the last couple of days.
0: Yeah. That's true. Charlie, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm actually gonna get a screenshot. You really,
2: you really <laughs> did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay.
0: Oh. Gotta get this screenshot in. Are you doing good? Got it. Right. All right. Guys, thank you. And no, thank to you. everyone thank that's been watching this recording, I've been Jason. This has been Andrew and Charlie, a.k.a. the legendary Chris Redfield himself. This has been a special for the Save Room podcast. You've been my listeners. Stay loving, stay safe, and peace out.
2: Peace Thanks out.
0: again, guys. Sweet.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>